Brittany Galvin is not an anti-vaxxer. Before COVID, she and her family got the standard vaccines that most kids and adults always received. But over the years, Brittany has developed an autoimmune condition. So when the COVID vaccine was developed, she had some obvious concerns about taking it, just like any of us. Well, it turns out her instinct was 100% correct. And today, today we will hear her shocking story. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carolitis, your host, and this is the Moms for America podcast, a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. We want to invite you, you moms, to uh, like and subscribe our podcast. Also share this podcast with all your mama friends. Um, Also, if you have an idea for the podcast, please send me an email at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Again, I'd love to get your uh, ideas, your uh, just hear from you and what you're thinking about our podcast and topics, titles, all those fun things we'd like to hear from you. Again, that is podcast at momsforamerica.net. I also want to invite you to join our movement here at Moms for America. It's moms like us, right, all across the country. We are fighting for our faith, our freedom, our family, and the Constitution. So please check out Moms for America at momsforamerica.us. And again, we are just absolutely thrilled that you're here today uh, joining us once again. If you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. So today, today we are sharing one woman's story about her COVID-19 vaccine injury. Many of us know people that have received the COVID-19 vaccine without any known negative side effects, right? But we also know people that have experienced some pretty traumatic side effects from the vax. Brittany Galvin joins me today to share her personal story and to raise awareness of people like her that have had a multitude of problems after getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Plus, we'll also have her talk about her road to recovery. We want to welcome this special mama here today. Welcome, Brittany, to the Moms for America podcast. Hi, Deb. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for sharing this, your story. Um, it's hard to talk to someone that has been injured or sick um, or is dealing with uh, a lot of issues because of something they, they thought was going to help them. Um, I kind of would like to just have you tell me a little bit about your family on the front end. Uh, introduce us to, to your gang over there. Sure. Um, so I'm from Tampa, Florida. Born and raised here, so I'm what you call a Tampanian. I'm a 36-year-old mom of three children. I've got a teenager in high school, a 15-year-old. I've got an 11-year-old going into middle school and a five-year-old little girl, so two boys and a girl. Um, I'm married to a deputy here, so a first responder. He was first a paramedic, then a firefighter. Now he's a deputy. Thank um, you. Here in Hillsborough County. Oh, thank you so much. He loves hearing that. (laughs) Um, We do appreciate that, please. He's very shy about it, but he loves it. And, uh, you know, just a normal, active baseball, cheerleading, gymnastics, you know, football mom. Right. Trying to make it through on the weekends and keep a clean house and swim in the pool with your kids when you get a chance. And I work a full-time job. I guess that part's important. I also work a full-time job. I'm a vice president of sales 
for a PEO, which um, stands for Professional Employer Organization. So I, I travel, I deal with business owners, I help them with things like payroll and benefits, stuff like that. So you are a busy mom of three. Like you said, yeah. you, you work, um, you're trying to do the mama thing, number one. I know that's your number one priority, but um, you know, moms are just listening right now going, you know, I can relate because life is busy and we're always trying to think of the health of our family. We want uh, to take care of our children. We want to take care of ourselves. Before we get into your vaccination story, I do want to kind of start this, this uh, interview with a quote that I saw that you said, because I think it sets up the podcast interview that we're going to, you know, today's podcast interview. It says this from you, people like me are real and there are a lot of us and we want to be heard. That's really what today's uh, podcast is about, hearing your story that has been suppressed, hearing um, there's two sides to everything, right? Like we said in the beginning, many people have gotten the COVID vaccine and they're okay. Many people have gotten the COVID vaccine and they're not okay. But it's, it doesn't seem like there's a platform for people that have injuries from the, from the vaccine to speak. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your story. Um, your family's very active, you're very healthy, um, you're, you're, right, you're a runner, so you're always taking care of your body. Um, you're not an anti-vaxxer, you've gotten vaccines and your family has gotten vaccines. So tell us about like your structure and what your belief system was with, with your health. You know, I'm, I have to be completely honest and candid. I have realized this year that um, I really didn't have my own structure. I went with what the doctors told me to do 100% of the time, and I never questioned anything. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really hard for me to accept this year. That's one of the things that I've been going through is why did I not question things? Why did I not research it? Not that I wanted to disrespect somebody who went to medical school for 12 to 15 years, right. but because I am the mother and it is my child. Mm -hmm. um, and I did give birth to my child and I, I should make myself more responsible and in looking into things and not just for my children, but for myself. But right. because of what happened to me, it made me realize I didn't really have my own voice. I didn't, I didn't even know if I could have one. Well, I think all of us, right, we hope for the, we, we do look to the, the medical professionals to guide us and to help us, um, you know, we just are always hoping that, that, that the decisions that they're making for us or telling us or the medication, you know, is a good decision. But, but your journey started after your, 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 child, your third child, right? You, you then became, um, you came down with rheumatoid arthritis, right? You now yes. have an autoimmune. So up until that point, you're, you're, you're kind of a runner, you're, you're staying active, you're basically trying to, to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, and then after the third baby, you've got, um, you come down with an autoimmune, very similar to mine. I don't have rheumatoid arthritis, but I also have an autoimmune condition. So at that point, rheumatoid arthritis sets in, what was happening with your life and your body? I went through about six months to a year of a rough little patch um, compared to what I was used to. Um, my rheumatoid was very, very mild, if you can call it that. It was in the very early stages. We were quite lucky that we even caught it. Um, but I went through the methotrexate medications and, you know, the biologics for about six months and I went into remission and I was doing fantastic um, for, I'd say, two to three years before my injections. 
So now you know that you have an autoimmune, um, COVID's, COVID hits, vaccines, all this stuff, although you even think that you may have had COVID right in the beginning, right, when it, when it all happened. Is that what you, yep. do you think you had it right in the beginning? I know a lot of folks actually thought that as well. There was this kind of undiagnosed flu that a lot of people had gotten in the beginning, and many of us think that that probably was the beginning of COVID, and that's what you yeah, think I happened think to I you as well? Yeah, I think I had it in January of 2020. Okay, so now you you think you have COVID, but now you're going to talk about the vaccine. Um, not an anti-vaxxer in general, actually was very open to getting the COVID vaccine. Um, tell us a little bit about this. Did you have any concerns or was this not anything at that point that you were dealing with? I did have concerns um, when earlier when I said I don't feel like I ever gave myself a voice. I want to kind of back up on that. It doesn't mean that I was never really concerned about something. I just always felt like what they said was best. So sure, I, I understand. I did have yeah, I did have concerns. Um, I started doing a little research myself when I realized that this was something I had to get. I you know I I had to get it for work. I wasn't really being I wasn't being given another option. I called my rheumatologist and I tried to get an exemption and they did not believe in exemptions. They told me nope. We're telling every patient that they have to get it. Okay. Uh, get it as in the injection. So I, um, I didn't really know what was next for me. Like I, I, I'm sorry, I'm having a, one of my side effects is I have blank out. So you have to remind me where we just were. That's okay. And I know, believe it or not, Brittany is just actually recovering from COVID. So, um, this gal has really had a challenge here. So it, if you need one to stop the side effects, it like it complete, you just witnessed it. Not a lot of people have witnessed it. It's happened to me on two podcasts. I literally just blank out. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're talking, that's okay. Question? That's all right. We're talking about you getting the vaccine. Did you have some concerns? So you had some oh, concerns. Yes. Your doctor said, you know what? No, we're telling everybody to get it. Your job is saying, nope, everybody's got COVID. You're out in the field. You've got to get the vaccine. So now you go ahead and you say, all right, I'm going to go ahead and get the vaccine. Um, what happened? Oh, I just saw one of your kids go by in the background. <laughs> My high schooler. He's home. <laughs> this, is, this is how it is with moms, right? This is, we just keep going. Um, so um, you go ahead and you decide to get the vaccine. You want to just tell us a little bit about the, the journey when you get, is it the first one that you had a reaction from? Is it the second one? Where does, where does your reaction start? So the first one, I did have a reaction that I just didn't correlate until later on when I was educated by the doctors and um, my own body. That, that's and this was happened. Moderna, by the way. But Moderna, yes, okay. I had both. Um, the first one was March 24th of 2021. Second one was May 4th of 2021. So after the first one, I developed um, a lot of GI symptoms, diarrhea, nausea, um, massive headaches. My chest was hurting, but the GI symptoms were pretty pretty significant, but I, I did not correlate the two. So much so that I actually called um, a GI doctor a couple of weeks after my first injection and scheduled a colonoscopy and um, a endoscopy and everything was clear other than it being completely irritated. So, you know, it was it was pretty big and significant symptoms, but I didn't, I didn't right. realize that. You were I was putting two and two together. Yeah, I was looking for, am I going to fall down and die or something? You know, I, I wasn't I, the news was telling us you're going to get sick. You're going to feel sick. So right. that's just what I expected. And I did. My arm hurt pretty bad. I took like five baths the first night because I had all over body pain, mm -hmm. but it went away within a day or two. Yeah. I've heard so, a couple of my friends were out for you know, almost four days. Uh, and then again, some folks 
you know, they just went to work the next day, no big deal. But so now yeah. after, after, after the second one, right now you get the second one, you kind of wait as long as you can, you get the second one. And that is really when you started to have some pretty incredible symptoms, right? Yeah. I started to really think, <coughs> excuse me. I started to really think after the first one and after, even though they were what we were, the symptoms were what we were told we were going to get. I started thinking about my rheumatoid and I started thinking, man, I don't, I don't want to come out of remission. Like this is kind of scary. So I tried to put it off. And I honestly try, I thought to myself, can I fake not getting like fake getting it? Right. Would my HR even follow up? But they did. They followed up day after day um, asking me, you know, because they knew I was due for that second shot. So I went ahead and got it. And to my surprise, I didn't have any side effects right away. Anything significant. I still had the diarrhea and the GI going on, but that had been going on and I wasn't correlating it yet. So other than that, I didn't even really have a sore arm, maybe a little bit, but um, I didn't have anything really, really crazy until the 13th day. I started, I woke up in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning and my whole life changed after that. Wow. Now we hear that if you are going to get symptoms, it's usually up to about 14, 15 days that a lot of folks what, do. So this is what, what happened to you. Yeah. Well, they said that in the beginning, in the beginning, they said it'd be the first three days. Then they changed it to the first 14 days. Now, now that we know there are actually zero long-term studies done on these things, we actually don't know how long until somebody might show symptoms. I'm hearing from people that they're, they're getting symptoms 12 months later. Right. I mean, it's yeah. jury's still out on all this, which is exactly right. why we're having this conversation. So um, you now start sharing. You, okay. So now um, take us to that day where you called the ambulance. So um, one of the things I didn't mention in the first shot is for that first day, I had some heavy legs as if you were to put weights on your legs and walk through water or walk through cement. I had that for about a day. Um, okay. So fast forwarding back to the second shot on the 13th day, I woke up at eight o'clock in the morning. My five-year-old had swim lessons that morning. My husband was you know, doing that with her and then taking her to my father-in-law's house. So with him being a first responder, we've gone through all of our emergency protocols for fire, you know, seizures, all, all types mm -hmm. of things. So I, I woke up and I told him, I'm just not really feeling well. I can't really feel my legs and my okay. chest is really hurting and my, my head is pounding. And he, he even said to me, um, because we had gone to a dinner party the night before, he said, I think you just had too much champagne. And I said, no, I'm a 36 year old woman, mom, been through a lot of champagne. I didn't have enough champagne for it to, to do this to my body. He said, get up and take a shower. I tried to take a shower, I could barely stand. And my bed is maybe 10 feet from my shower. Like my, my bedroom is pretty small. So I, I made it back by putting a hand out and kind of grabbing the bed, made it back to the bed, laid down. And my husband said, okay, well, I've got to go. So he left and I turned and I said, well, where's my cell phone? And I grabbed it and I, I just knew something was wrong. I knew my body, I would say within 45 minutes, I, I could feel I was dying. There was something really wrong with me. Um, my breath started getting really shallow and my chest was kind of caving out. Um, and I, I got up to walk and I couldn't really walk. So somehow I made it down the stairs. We have a two-story house. I had grabbed my phone um, I made it down the stairs. I woke up on the, on the bathroom floor. So wow. when I woke up on the bathroom floor, I still had my phone in my hand. I don't remember exactly how I got there, um, but I called 911 immediately. I knew that I would have to get the German Shepherd outside. That's one of the things they won't come in unless if there's a big dog in the house. Mm -hmm. So I somehow crawled all the way over to the door, let the dog out, unlocked the front door and just laid there. 
by, I don't know how long that took, but by the time that happened and that the paramedics came through the front door, I, it wasn't, now I know it wasn't a seizure, but I was completely like convulsing, like seizing. My arms were above my head uncontrollably. My legs were curled in my chest. I thought I was having a heart attack. My CO2 levels, um, that's what they called them were a 10. And I guess they're supposed to be like over 35 or 40. So there, I wasn't hyperventilating. I wasn't talking. I could hear and I could understand everything that was happening, but I couldn't respond. So tears were just falling down my eyes. How and I was scary. Like I'm looking at now. And wow. that's how it all started. Okay. So now you're, you're taken to the hospital. You're just terrified. You don't know what's happening. You get in there. What, what happens with, uh, with your medical help and assistance at the hospital? What do they say? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a lot to this story, um, you know, that 30 minutes can't really cover. So, right. um, you know, I have to kind of go through some of it, but the gaslighting was unbelievable, Deb. The gaslighting started the second they showed up to my home. They took me to a detox hospital thinking I was on drugs. Okay. So when you're That's saying gaslighting, meaning they're not interested in trying to find out what really is going on, they're assuming. Not interested, not believing me, not okay. telling me it's not possible. They think, you're, you, they think you're a drug addict at this point. They that thought you're I dealing... was a drug addict at that point. Wow. And I didn't know where I went. I didn't know what hospital I was at, but I just remember not, under, not recognizing it. And hearing my neighbors through the curtains talking about heroin and how long they had been on heroin. And I, one of the nurses came in and I said, what am I doing here? What, where am I? And she told me, oh, it's a, we brought you to the hospital. You were having what, either a stroke or a seizure. They ended up bringing in like a robot neurologist. It wasn't even a real doctor. It was a robot thing, computer. I have a picture of it. And when they realized that my talk screen came back that I was not a drug addict and I was not okay. on drugs, they then transferred me by the neurologist direction to another hospital where they kept me. This was my second. So that was the second hospital for about two or three days. That hospital wow. stay, they did a bunch of MRIs, CAT scans. You still have um, no idea what's going on at this point. No, but this was the first time that I heard from a neurologist. So this was another Tampa hospital that it could be, he said at the time, could be vaccine related. You know, we don't, he said, we don't know much about it. I, you know, I'm a neurologist. I have to tell you, I've, I've not seen this before. And I think this could be an adverse reaction to the vaccine. And that was the first time that I heard a medical professional state that. And did the nurses, did, was were there some of the nurses that were kind of uh, confirming that it could be a, a vaccine reaction as well? So I would tell you every nurse on, all, there were four hospital stays total and every nurse, except for maybe one, let's just say one, um, told me that they had not been vaccinated and they were not willing to get vaccinated because of people like me. So it was very clear to me from the very second hospital stay, not the first, second hospital stay, it was very clear to me that they were seeing these types of injuries happening and coming into the hospital. There were multiple comments from nurses about how nobody's even in there for COVID, that they were in there for neurological and cardiac issues unexplained. Um, Nurses were coming in and like talking to me as if I was not, I would I don't want to say laughing stock, but uncharted territory more, more to say, you know, they were coming in saying, oh, you're the one who just got the Moderna. Like I got that comment a lot. So, so, so now you're at your second hospital. I know you go through months of, of, of testing and, and doctors and this journey is a very long process for you in, in the midst of all this you decided to start an Instagram 
page, I right? I have one Instagram. I have okay. one okay. with my children on it, my, you know, successes and my failures. I, I had been blogging on this Instagram for a long time. And I started when it first happened to me and they took me to the hospital, I started kind of going, I only had my family and friends at the time. So I would take my phone and kind of, you know, hold it out like this. Say, hey guys, I'm at the hospital. Here's what's happening. And as this, as the time went on, second hospital, then the third hospital stay. And I started being belittled and gaslit so badly to where I was terrified. I literally thought there's nobody here for me. They're all, they're all here for themselves. There's nobody here to take care of me. So I started filming it thinking, I don't know if I'm going to die. I don't know if something's going to happen to me. I was asking people if they knew what happened. It quit after I started doing that, it quickly grew from my 900 family and friends to 80,000 people. Because you were sharing your vaccine story. Yeah. And at that time I, I was not, I want to make it very clear to your listeners. I was not out there saying this is hundred percent the vaccine. I was out there saying, what is happening to me guys? Mm-hmm. I wasn't claiming that I had a chip in me. I was, I, let's see all the things I've been called. I've been called a troll. I've been called um, a clown. I've been called an anti-vaxxer. I've been called um, an abomination. I've been told I should put a revolver to my head. So all of those things that started happening to me when I was sharing my story. And that's not what I was saying. What I was saying is I'm scared. I feel alone and I don't know what's happening to me. Right. So you were on this journey of just trying to figure out what was happening to your entire system. What was happening? And I know that for you, and I've had other people tell me this, that I didn't get the vaccine, but that, you know, that there is, a, you could put the magnet on you. I mean, you were now trying to share with, I guess, you know, the world a bit of what was happening to you and what was happening to your body. And so that's right. really how a lot of followers came to you is trying to just follow your journey, wondering, you know, maybe they had symptoms, maybe not. Maybe they were trying to figure out what's going on with a lot of this was so brand new. No one had any idea. Yeah. And, and honestly, Deb, that's a lot of what happened. A lot of the people that started following me, I was getting thousands and thousands and thousands of messages. I mean, so many, there's no way I could ever get through to them. At one point I had people with my login trying to go in and answer people. And these messages were coming in saying, I have that too. This is happening to me too. This is happening to my dad. This is happening to my mom. What do I do? I'm not a medical professional. I could just share my journey. So I decided that I never wanted anybody else to ever feel as alone as I felt in these moments. So I continued to share or to share. And then Instagram deleted me. They took your whole, they took your whole page down. They banned me and deleted me and said that I was, um, I forget the words that they used. I was dangerous or <laughs> misinformation yeah misinformation right like that. that's so what I they put everything it. under misinformation and yep. they censor so anyone that has a vaccine injury and here's the thing that is so crazy about talking about vaccine injuries there has been a history of vaccine injuries i mean this is not just for covid there's a lot of people that have had injuries from vaccines in the past from birth control i mean look at justin bieber's wife i mean they're saying that she's they had blood clot or whatever because of of a birth control possibly i mean we all know that medications have, have have side effects we know that vaccines can have side effects so what was what strikes me is that there was no freedom in this discussion with covid 19 vaccine that to me is what really is the bothersome point of this vaccine so now tell us about your diagnosis from your neurologist you came down with you went from having rheumatoid arthritis 
to now having, I don't know, how many things here? Seven, eight? So, yeah, after the sicknesses? third hospital stay, um, the thing, thank the Lord that the third hospital stay gave me a nurse practitioner in my emergency room visit. And I say that because I, in my experience now, I feel like the nurse practitioners feel like they have more to prove. So they kind of treat you a little bit better um, with kid gloves. And he said to me, he, he sat down next to me. He saw me could, like shaking. I was literally shaking. Um, and he said, well, you're not having a heart attack. You're not having a seizure, but I think that you have Guillain-Barre and I'm going to do the testing for it and I'm going to admit you. So he admitted me to the hospital. I went up to the second floor and the first time I think I was there five or six days. Um, and then I ended up going home. The results hadn't come back yet, but I was tired of being in a hospital. Guillain-Barre syndrome. Yeah. So the fourth stay went back in. They, long story short, they almost sent me home again. Now through all of these, all of these hospital stays, they hadn't once or the they had the first two, but the second and the third state, they hadn't once called a neurology team or a cardiac team when I was consistently complaining of chest pain and shaking and couldn't feel my legs and all of the symptoms that I had. Um, I was fainting when I stood up, you know, I fell into the toilet once. But I they watched your videos. They're very, it's very hard to watch you in that state. It's very, it's very yeah, tough it, to see it, sick. And it was hard to be in it. I didn't know what was happening to me and they were taking away my morphine. And I, I'm not a medication person at all. I, I usually am not other than when I was on my RA, it's hard for me to even take an ibuprofen. They were taking away my pain medicine. They were telling me that it was in my head. They were asking me questions about my marriage. They were calling my husband, asking him if I was an okay mother. I mean, the things that they were doing was just so horrific. So I was so scared. And on the fifth day of my fourth hospital stay, a whole team, I call them white coats, walked in and they said, and the man, Dr. Khan, I'll never forget him walked in. He said, where do you think you're going? Cause I was like kind of at the edge of the bed. And I said, well, the other doctor just came in here and said, she's releasing me again. And he said, you're not going anywhere, honey. You have Guillain-Barre. Which Guillain is what? Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, also known as GBS is a neurological autoimmune. So it's basically where your auto, your immune system attacks your neurological system. You lose the ability uh, to walk most of the time and you can become paralyzed temporarily and you can die. It, it, it moves from your feet all the way up. So it progresses from the bottom of your body up to the top of your body. By the time they caught it and they paid me attention and started my medication and my treatments, uh, it had gotten to my stomach. So I now have gastroparesis where about 33% of my stomach is paralyzed. I have um, Guillain-Barre, which I just went over. I have something called POT syndrome, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So that me fainting and kind of falling down whenever I would stand up, my resting heart rate was about, um, I'd say anywhere between 130 and 200 when I would stand up. So my heart rate would just go completely out of whack and crazy. Um, you know, similar to if somebody was internally bleeding and their blood pressure would drop. So with the POT syndrome, what happens is if your body is kind of like, it's got pipes throughout your body and the pipes are relevant to your veins, right? My brain would tell when I, when I go from sitting or laying to standing, my brain would tell the blood in my body to come back up to the, the top half of my body. But my nerves are, are broken. My pipes are broken. So it couldn't push the blood back up to the top half of my body. So I would faint. My heart rate would get increased like crazy high and wow. I would just faint. So I, wow. those are the first three conditions that I was dying. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed one major one, pericarditis as well. Right. So and that's inflammation of the heart. 
Yeah. Which we've heard a lot about um, as, a, as a side effect of the, of the vaccine. What about this brain injury, sis? What was all that? So when it first happened, they did a bunch of MRIs, obviously, and they did not see any lesions or white matter change in my brain. It, um, mm -hmm. You know, I had been in a car accident in March of 2020. A lot of people asked me, well, how do you know you didn't have this before? I'd been in a car accident on Father's Day of 2020. Um, so June, 2020, I had an MRI. Then my brain was completely fine. I had the MRIs when I was in the first three hospitals, my brain was completely fine at that time. As the next few months went on and I was going through my healing journey at first, I would call it a terror journey. I was losing my memory. Like you saw earlier in our interview, I, I would just completely blank out. I'd be writing emails. I couldn't remember that I wrote an email five minutes prior. Um, you know, I, I have this sense. It's hard to explain the feeling. It, I was having absent seizures. So as if I'm looking at you, you wouldn't know I'm having a seizure, but I would just kind of look out into space and I wouldn't remember anything that happened five to 15 minutes prior. You could be talking to me and I could look like I'm responding, but I wasn't. Um, and I, I just was losing like this out of body. I was having this out of body experience. So my neurologist, I got two neurologists on board and he decided we're going to do a bunch, a bunch more tests and we're going to go to a uh, a T3 machine for the, which they call a T3. It's just a more advanced MRI machine. And they discovered that I had about five or six, I can't remember, lesions in my brain um, that were not there. I have a pineal cyst as well. So a lot of people talk about the calcification of the pineal gland, and that definitely happened to me as well. Um, and I, I developed a few other are, things too. Are these, um, are these, I guess these diagnoses, are, is this what a lot of people have heard? Because I heard of the pericarditis, uh, I'm not saying that correctly about the heart. Yeah, um, I've heard of this different, you know, different ways in POTS. So are these typical or um, that other folks have had because of the vaccine or, or, or is this So not? a lot of them come together. POTS comes with the Guillain-Barre. Okay. Obviously you damage the nerves. If, if nerves in your system become damaged, it's connected to a lot of things. Your gut is connected to everything. So if you have a sure. messed up gut, you know, so I believe people are like, oh my gosh, you got all that from the vaccine. I believe a lot of them, if not all are connected to mm -hmm. autoimmune. Right, um, and autoimmune does like that, right? It runs in groups. Right. And that's why a lot of folks with autoimmune are concerned about just, you know, certain types of vaccines or, you know, their health right. because anything can set it off. It's the thing you do worry about which is what happened to you. And it is why I never took the vaccine myself because I was concerned that, you know, something like this could happen. You know, you're barely hanging on as it is, right, every day. Um, so with an autoimmune, you just don't know what's going to set it off. Um, and right. so I'm, I'm just sad to hear this for you. So the people who have contacted me, you know, when I started sharing, I was the only one sharing that I know of. I, I didn't know. I searched and searched. I could not find anybody else. Well, it was taboo, symptoms. I think, to talk about it, right? In the beginning, yeah. it seemed like, you know. Oh, it was horrible. I, like I said, I was, I was, if I'm, if I was not a strong individual, it could have led me, and I hate to say this, but it's very real, could have led me to suicide, the things that were said to me for sharing. Um, it was horrific. People attacked my job, my children. They called my children's school. They called my job. A, wow. a man who doesn't even know me from Oregon called my you know, job and started harassing my secretary. So things were, things were done where, yeah, you're right. Nobody was talking about it, but mm -hmm. the ones that were privately responding to me and messaging me, which were thousands and thousands and thousands of them, 
same exact symptoms as me. They had wow. no diagnosis, they had no title, but they were like in tears, sending me videos, crying, you know, sticking metal to themselves too. That, that kind of stuff was happening to so many people and they were so afraid of talking about it, but it was the exact same symptoms. So now uh, you kind of, you've gone on a journey. Uh, you left um, Western medicine and you've kind of gone through a um, holistic approach to healing. I'd like to talk about your healing because if moms that are listening or have family members that have a vaccine injury, I'd like for you to share with them what you decided to do because we do wanna share some some hope in that, you know, what's working for you and what you decided and what you learned through this um, for the moms that are listening. What where, where have you gone on your, your healing journey? I know you're not 100% healed yet, this is probably going to be a, a long journey for you, but you've made you've made progress, right? I've made a lot of progress. Um, I'm actually surprised that I had a little bit of a mental break in the beginning of our interview here. Um, that has it's probably because you're not while. feeling good. But so pro yeah, probably because <laughs> I currently have COVID for the third time. So um, <clears throat> excuse me, but what I decided to do that was I started getting all of this advice. People started messaging me and telling me, well, you should try this and you should do this. And my child was vaccine injured and I didn't even know vaccine injuries existed. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's not that I called these people crazy. I didn't know they existed. Right. So I started opening my mind up to listening to all these people and what happened very quickly, um, which is why I tried to tell my story even more is I started listening to all them and I started doing way too much. I started trying everything everybody told me to do. And I felt like nothing was working, but I couldn't tell what could work or what couldn't work because I was doing way too much. Right. You know, I was so desperate. It was like a crash course. You're just like, okay, yeah. everything that everybody's saying I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do. But you decided yeah. to separate it out and, and I get... decided mm -hmm. to pray about it and I decided this is what I'm I asked some advice to some of the people who had reached out who were doctors, um, holistic doctors and Western medicine, you know, but who believed behind closed doors, like my neurologist, for example told me behind closed doors all day long, don't ever get another one. He'd never give it to his family. And this is what I should do. He led me to hyperbaric, that type of stuff. So I started asking questions and doing, compiling my own research. And I decided I'm gonna quit it all. And I'm just gonna do two or three main things at a time and see okay. how it works for me. So I immediately started um, on hyperbaric chamber journey. What is and that? What is that? <laughs> The hyperbaric chamber is basically a big tank. People have seen the big tanks that divers go into when they ascend or descend too quickly and they get like the air bubbles in their brain. I okay. think is how it's explained. So it becomes an injury. They can have massive injury from that. So they put them in this tank. The hospitals also use them for cancer, use them for burn mm. victims. If you have like a third degree burn, something like that, because it promotes healing from a molecular level and from the tissues of the inside of your body out. Mm. Things that hurt you don't like oxygen. Cancer doesn't like oxygen. Autoimmune doesn't like oxygen. So it makes complete sense. What the hyperbaric chamber does is a big glass tube. You get inside of it and it's using, it's utilizing a mix between pressure and oxygen to get in and to push that oxygen into the levels of your body that cannot be reached otherwise. So okay. we've got about 21% oxygen on earth. You and I are breathing about 5% of it. In that oxygen tank, I'm breathing 100% oxygen. There's no other way to get 100% oxygen in your body. So this, this so heals you, this heals, it heals you, it heals yes. you. And you know what? I used to think it was just crazy. I used to think, oh, you know, I've heard about it. I've read about it, but I, I never thought it could be a true thing. Um, so I went into it with open arms. 
And I, and it's helped it all, you. It, it has, it's helped me tremendously, but there's one thing I want to touch on for moms who are listening, who try this and who have tried it. The biggest mistake you can do is quit halfway through the hyperbaric journey. A lot of people come to me and they say, well, after five sessions, I'm worse than I was. Everybody knows that when you're healing, it gets worse before it gets better. So it detoxes you, it puts you through it, you know, it's, it's regenerating broken nerves. It's putting you through something that your body hasn't been exposed to, but that's and I do want to, and I do want to say right here, we're not giving medical advice. We are just sharing your journey and what worked for you because I every, that helped me. Right. Right. You learned what helped you. Um, because you know, there, there is a, like you said, a lot of people give you a lot of suggestions and you need to consult with your doctor, go to go on your journey, but a hyperbaric chamber, and then you said red light sauna, and then you did injections. All of these working with a, a holistic doctor combined helped you heal. Yep, the red light therapy is very important. I actually just purchased one because I'd been going to one weekly, and the IV therapy, which um, I, I was getting the Myers cocktail. A lot of people asked me which one I was getting. I was getting the Myers cocktail with a glutathione. Um, and an extra magnesium. I found out that magnesium is, with va these vaccine injuries in particular, magnesium becomes very deficient. So I was taking wow. that and also CBD. I decided I was gonna open my brain up to something I'd never seen before, um, never knew anything about. And I did, I learned about it and I've been taking it every single day for my pain. Wow, wow. Well, I know moms are gonna be very interested in that because if we know someone that um, you know has had an injury. It's just it's great because this is what we want to do. We want to collect information, and then you know see what works for us. And like you said, um, you know everyone's journey is different, but boy, do we want to know what um, helps for us. You know, in, in, in our healing process. What is your your takeaway now from this experience that you would just share with the moms? Now we've heard your story. Um, you know, we've heard what happened to you. We've heard your journey, but. What would you say? I guess this is, is kind of what I want to, to mention is that you say that we are real and we are not rare, meaning people have these stories mm -hmm. um, and they're valid. What would you want to share to moms that are listening? Um, maybe that get, are in a similar situation or know someone or, you know, just trying to figure out what to do with vaccines in general. Um, what would you, you know, say? I if I could go back in time, I, I would have told my younger self, do more research. Um, you know, especially if myself or my child has an autoimmune injury already, um, or a disease or just an issue at all. Like we're think about what you're putting into your body, research it for yourself, obviously consult with your doctors, ask opinions, but at the end of the day, it's our body, it's our life and it's our children. And if we feel like we need more time for something, then there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make us an anti-vaxxer because we believe that we need to research something more. Um, you know, the other part of this that's really come out for me was that I feel like everybody needs to be more empathetic with each other's decisions. You know, I, I feel like half of the world is out there and us as moms, it's our, it's our responsibility. We're raising the next generation, right? So we have to be very careful with what we tell our children, what we say around our children and how we behave and how we react to things. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have come at me and said to me, you know, the, the most hurtful thing is some of the anti-vax community, believe it or not, had come to me and said, well, we've been trying to tell you for 20 years 
you know, and they'd get real ugly with me. We've been trying to tell you for 20 years not to do this. And we, when this started, we told you guys, we warned you, it's your fault, your problem now. And that was the most hurtful thing anybody could have I mean, say come to on, me. right. So my thing is, you know, whether somebody gets it or not, if you meet someone who is suffering, it doesn't matter why they got it doesn't matter when they got it, doesn't matter how they got it, doesn't matter what they were thinking or if they've changed their thoughts now. What matters is, is that they need your support and they need your ear and you know they need to be believed and they need to be heard because you are going to have a lot more problems than just vaccine injuries if we continue to attack each other for mm -hmm. our opinions. Personal opinions have nothing to do with an actual medical injury. Right. And so that is what I've taken away from this completely. And I preach it to, you know, the, the 50,000 people who have grown back to follow me now um, and everyone I talk to in my daily life. If I hear somebody saying, well, you need to get it or you shouldn't have gotten it. I stop them very quickly in their tracks. And I say, none of that matters. How are you feeling? Do you feel good? You know, I, I try to be there for people. I try to tell them my story and I try to listen to them to understand them rather than try to tell them what they should understand. Right. We do want to be respectful of one another and let everyone have medical freedom. This has been a big, uh, you know, a big subject um, here at Moms for America because we believe that everyone should have medical freedom. Um, right. You know, you should not be fired from your job. If you do not want to take the vaccine, you should not be alienated. You should not be discriminated against. You know, people should have the freedom to do what they would like to do with their own body their family, their children. So where, what is your Instagram uh, address there or, or your, how do we find you on Instagram? It's, <laughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry, I keep coughing. Brit underscore Galvin with one T. So B-R-I-T underscore Galvin, G-A-L-V-I-N. Right. Um, I'm only on Instagram. I have other avenues of communication, but I don't, I don't really go on them. I still have to be a full-time mom and work my full-time job and do this, you know, Wow. because I care. So I can't go on too many platforms. Yeah. Well, it would drive you crazy on the platform. So we know you're yeah. on Instagram and um, I do hope and pray that you get better here with this third round of COVID, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Obviously your immune system is down. So build up that immune system, Brittany. And we do really appreciate you sharing your story. It's a tough story to listen to, but um, you know, this is happening and, and people are on a healing journey, um, I'm sure, just like you. So I do appreciate you sharing your, um, you know, your advice um, and your information that uh, that you've received over these, you know, this time of trying to get yourself better. Um, so we'll be praying for you and your body that you do heal up um, and stay Thank strong you. because your kids need you, your husband needs you. And um, as moms, we just gotta, we gotta be on our game. So. We're praying for you. So thank you for joining us, Brittany. We do appreciate you. Thank you very you. much. All right. Thank well, you. thank you. And to other moms that are listening, I mean, what an amazing story here listening to Brittany. We, our heart goes out to her and we do pray for a recovery and her journey uh, and thank her for sharing all that information. We do have a lot of information on our website, which is momsforamerica.us. Again, our website is momsforamerica.us. Check out our resources there, our programs, our information, our other podcasts. We also have a great series there called The Cottage Meetings. That's 12 lessons that inspire moms and educate uh, moms on uh, America's history and its heritage. And this will help you raise strong, patriotic children 
um, in today's world uh, and also share the principles of liberty. Again, uh, sign up for our newsletter that is all there. Um, we have all kinds of information from parental rights to public policy, just about everything you can imagine because truly everything is a mom issue. Sign up for our newsletter. Um, moms, we just appreciate you coming by. We believe that you are the heartbeat of America and that the moms are the ones that are going to save our country. Subscribe, share. If you know someone that has had um, some complications from the vaccine, I think Brittany's story will be of great interest to them. So let them know. We are on all the podcast uh, forums. We're also on Charisma Podcast Network and uh, lots of information. And we'll be back next week with another mom, uh, with another story that will inspire, educate, um, and help you in your journey through mother motherhood. Um, thanks for joining us and let's keep changing our world one home at a time. See you next week.